All right, so <clears throat> I didn't get Michael on here yet. I have talked to Raul uh, about the potential of Mr. Sika himself coming on and with another fellow Sika tech and having a, a good conversation. I got uh, Robbie Wiggins, who uh, he's a Virginia Beach uh, boy. He's going to be coming on at some point. Got a few different things. Um, but I was going to release one, but, you know, on Wednesday, didn't work out. Hopefully, maybe I can make schedules work out with Michael. Uh, it's my surprise guest. My exciting guest is Michael McCarthy. Uh, I really wanted to get him on. And, you know, then I've got some plans for uh, different juggernauts in our industry as well. Um, so we're just going to do a quick one here on my phone. There's no other recording uh, equipment other than my phone going on. Um uh, so we're going to see how this works. This is directly through the Spotacaster um, app. Uh, we're going to do kind of like a, a glass van confessionals. I just went to a dealership that someone had installed the windshield incorrectly. They called us to come out and do it, but they also called someone else out to do it. And they were in the process of doing it when I got out there. So... It's one of our dealerships we deal with all the time. We do all their recall work, and but we don't do anything for sales. We just have the service department, so that eh, is what it is. The last place installed it incorrectly. Maybe this company uh, will have a better go out it. <laughs> so, ah, uh, what stories do I have? Uh, I have a ton of them. We were uh, talking about, uh, well, I'm going to try to start making this a regular question on the podcast and I'm hoping to hit some of my guests with it is what is their definition of a hack well and also what's their definition or trade name for someone who I feel does the job correctly uh so let's start with the first one so in my opinion there are many ways to get labeled a hack the main way for me is not taking the the pride necessary to leave with a clean, safe job. If I come follow you, your practices are what your practices are, but if I come follow you and I pull your windshield and immediately your installation traits show me that A, you didn't primer, B, you left everything dirty, C, your bead wasn't ran correctly, and D, you had some form of void that the customer may or may not have complained about. To me, that is a hack. Uh, I always say there is a lot of ways to do this job right, but even more ways to do it wrong. So for me, a hack is someone who they just don't have the integrity and pride in their work to leave a better than factory install. Because let's face us, let's face us, <laughs> let's face it. We do more times than not better than factory installations. We've all seen, especially, you know, the newer cars more and more getting with poorly ran beads, not enough urethane, missing pinch welds, the uh, robot will run out of urethane midway through and only put part of it in. Chevy, I think it was, had a run of quarter glasses where the robot just didn't put any glue on the glass. They just put it in. Um, so, you know, like holding... OEM to the standard these days really isn't isn't as desirable as it used to be in the past. We do we exceed factory uh, pr 
protocols and installations all the time. And so for me, I don't partake or agree with the stuffing <clears throat> or wiper salute. Um, I don't partake and or agree with uh, minimal cleaning and just slap some primer on the glass. And I don't agree with and partake of not primering the pinch weld in places it needs to. And I don't partake in over priming unless the urethane manufacturer calls for that. And some urethane manufacturers in certain applications do. Uh, being a Sika boy, I don't have to worry about that. Sika never never advocates an all over prime unless all that urethane's gone or you're you know going up, you know, just cleaning up rust and then, you know putting it in place of the rust. You know, two coats kill that oxygen in the metal boys or at least slow it down slow progression down um now for me if you are listening to me talk and you want to know if i think someone is a professional or i think someone is really good at their job i'm going to say that guy's on point or that guy is solid he is a solid tech he is on point or I will say something like, you know, his, you know, like, um, that guy knows what he's doing. Uh, I will never complain about someone else's work unless it's really bad. And I tend not to do it to the customers because I feel that, uh, if you're, if you're throwing another technician under the bus to the customer, it's just a poor, weak attempt to try to make yourself look better. Let your work speak for itself. Um, you know, if you find something that made them unsafe, I mean, maybe bring it to their attention, <clears throat> but don't go to a customer. Now, to me or someone else in the industry, man, call that dude a hack all day long, man. That dude is a fucking hack. But like to a customer um, or going into one of their accounts and saying, yeah, that dude's a hack, that dude's a sloppy, that dude's and throwing him under. But that's just poor taste. To me, that's cowardly. Um, you want to go to his face and say he's a he's a hack? Go at it. But don't, don't throw him on the bus to a customer. Let your work speak for itself. Um, I'm all for promoting yourself, but promote yourself, but not at the expense of others. But, like, if I'm talking about a guy that's like, oh, man, he's good. I wouldn't worry about anything he puts in. That means I think you're good at your job. If I say, yeah, that guy, that tech's solid. That guy's on point. Then, for me, that's my slang terms for, now, those aren't industry-wide accepted the way a hack is because we tend to – in society alone, we tend to point out people's faults, and that's what we ride on. We don't tend to boost up people's, uh, you know, good qualities and ride on that. You know, that's why we have a universal term for someone who fucks a car up. It's called a hack. But yet, we don't have a universal term really for a guy that really, you know, he's slinging shit. He's making it. It's solid. It's safety. You know, we ain't got something like, you know, that guy's golden or stay golden pony boy or some shit like that. There's really nothing that I know like that. Um, you know, I guess being called a professional, but just because you're called a professional doesn't mean you're good at what you do. Uh, so that's my take on it. I am very interested to see the rest of the takes on it. Um, the struggles of the auto glass industry is real. <laughs> it is real, real. Um, some of the things I've hiccups I've encountered this week is training a tech um who has had the uh corporate juggernaut training and worked for them for a long time trying to unlearn some of his bad habits 
excuse me, and one of the bad habits that I have a problem with and I'd have a problem with with anybody who does this job is get it done and send it and wait for them to call back. And even if you're not even if you're not comfortable with what's going on, just send it and let it go back. So this guy did a two half windshields on an RV. They were glue sets with molding all the way around it. Come in the next day, luckily it rained that night and I noticed that they were leaking. So upon inspection, this had to be probably one of the worst beads I'd ever seen. I was out mobile doing stuff so I couldn't be over his shoulder, but he's been with us for three months. So kind of shouldn't be over his shoulder like I was the first few. Um, you know, we worked on, he, he has a habit of not cleaning up flippers. He has a habit of leaving the pinch well dirty and trimming it down and then not cleaning up. Um, I, I understand you need to follow your urethane manufacturer's recommendations. Uh, clean before trim, clean after trim. Everybody has their passion about that. But as long as you do, you clean it and you leave the pinch well clean, you leave the thing, you know, and then you get it ready for that new urethane, whether it be activating it or, you know, whatever else your procedure is with your urethane manufacturer, that's fine. But his, his tidiness, his cleanliness, uh, had a couple comebacks for, he just left the car dirty on the inside and out. Um, had a couple comebacks for that. I've had like six comebacks now for leaks. So the frustrating of training a new guy and the stumbling box I'm, I'm reliving when I started. Uh, this is the same guy that said he was a trainer for 8S for the corporation and then hasn't successfully performed a static calibration. Um, he's performed plenty of the dynamics, but when it comes to statics, he's not been able to perform a successful static calibration and then come to find out like he's not picking the right targets. Like he had a 104 left and a 107 uh, right and... And then he, when he did the Mercedes, he had the target upside down and not at the right distance. And for someone who, for the corporation, was a trainer, I know that they use a different system than what we use. We use Top Don. Uh, it's still not an excuse. Your system follows the same parameters no matter what system you're using. You have to be able to read a tape measure. You have to be able to pick the right signs. But I digress from that. So I get a lot of the guys that are getting in the industry, how us old heads could get frustrated with them simply. I'm trying to take myself back to the days of when I first started and you know the hiccups and everything um I just my worst thing that I'm trying to get past with him is like I said is just uh sending a job out that you don't feel comfortable about I mean I've now I've got to pull and redo these RVs because I'm not letting it leave my parking lot well it's not my parking lot I'm just a technician I'm not letting it leave our parking lot like that I just can't do it can't do it won't do it and just like the the um leaks that came back I asked him if there's anything that went wrong with the job and oh yeah I didn't feel like the set was all that good and I didn't feel I said well did you go back through and check your bead and make sure you had contact everywhere make sure you were decked to the right height did you use your gauge before you started did you you know and I get these are things people don't do all the time um but you know and he's like, yeah, 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 I did all that. And then come to find out on the one I redid yesterday, he didn't deck it far enough, so it didn't even touch. It was decked in the top, but not on the bottom, and then he missed the bottom corners. Like, literally, running on the body, somehow ran it inside on the bottom corners to where water was just funneling in and down on the floorboard. Like, literally created a funnel effect. 
Um, because that water would grab a hold of that urethane bead is coming down and then it wouldn't break free from it and continue down the body. It would just hug the urethane bead, which it's already come in contact with, and it just pulled it right inside the car. And so we had to talk about that and uh, things happen a lot of the time. Um, even if you're an experienced guy, things happen. Uh, but I'm trying not to get frustrated and trying to be open-minded with the guy I've had four or five conversations just in the last week about, hey, how, you know, how is it taking you two hours to two and a half hours to do a car and you're still leaving with problems and leaving it dirty? I'm not understanding that. Like, he's not, I don't care about quickness, but if you're not going to be quick, quicker, you know, if a car's going to take you longer than an hour and a half, it better not come back for a, for a cleanliness and it better not come back for uh, any kind of leaks. To me, Cleanliness, comebacks, is just sheer laziness. That's all there is to it. It is one of the easiest things to leave a car in better cleanliness than you left it. Doesn't mean you have to detail it because we're not detailers. I understand that. I had one uh, two days ago that I was out mobile. And he did six that day on the road. And then I got a call that he wasn't going to be done in time with the one he was working on. Could I come back and do the last one so he could get out of there on time? So I did. I went back. Did the last one. Well, I pulled it around to, and it just, it just smelled terrible, man. It was just terrible. It was a dirty car. Um, I get out and there's like rat feces on the seat and it's just molded everywhere. It'd been sitting in the field and they just needed to get it running. Um, you know, and the car's covered in uh, moss and mold, like stains all over. Did I get my covers out for that one? Fuck no. Did I get my seat covers out for that one? Fuck no. Did I use my sweeper and sweep the floorboards? Oh, hell no. I ain't rolling around that feces in my fucking, uh, inside my, the motor of my vacuum cleaner or something where I can breathe it in. That shit's unhealthy. I wore a mask the entire time I did the job and I had gloves on. The job got done. It got done, done correctly. It was cleaned underneath the pinch well. Everything was cleaned. Everything was done. It was a safe install. They'll have no problems. But I was not cleaning that car up, man. Like, I did wipe the dash off. And when I had the window out, I turned the defroster on, smacked the uh, dash across there a little bit to try to uh, rattle out if there was any kind of rat feces or anything in that in there. Then when I had the cow panel off, I noticed there was a mouse or rats or some nest laying on top of the fresh air vent. So I did put a glove on, like a cut-resistant glove because there was something in there to bite me because I got the heebie-jeebies. I was like, Ooh! you know, I didn't really want to fucking touch it. But I reached back in there and cleaned all that out of their fresh air vent so at least they could get in it and drive it. And then when they got there, I walked over to the car with them and I explained to them and walked and they thanked me and they said, yeah, we got to get it detailed. We're just trying to get it up and running. We're kind of, you know, falling on hard times, you know, and I, I feel that, but I'm not going to get put my hands in that shit and I ain't putting any of my stuff on it. So do I put covers on every car? No, nah, shit, boy, 95% of them get it, but something like that didn't, you know, it just did my pre-inspection, did all that. But, you know, if he's going to take that long, it shouldn't be. The cleanliness of a car should never be a comeback. And if you feel like it's too dirty and you don't, then you explain that to the customer. You bring them to the car and you explain it to them. Like, hey, uh, this ain't going to fly for me. Like, I'm not going to sweep out your trash that's up to your ceiling. You know, we've all done those pack rat cars that even if you sweep something out, they're mad at you. You know, so wiping down the dash, not leaving uh, paper towel lint, not cleaning the other glass, doing things that just need to be done is you know the right thing in my opinion and i'm able to do this because 
I had that job just fall through and my next job I can't do until 11 o'clock. So I'm going to sit here and give you guys a little bit of entertainment or it kind of sounds like I'm just bitching. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I mean, I don't know. Like Theo Vaughn says, it makes you want to kick a fat kid at Kmart. Yeah. Which is a funny reference I've been using, by the way, for... It is it is pretty funny. Pretty, pretty funny. So, but on a lighter note, um, my accident I was in when the lady ran the stop sign and T-boned my coworker and I in the work van, um, the insurance, he's still hurt, so he's still dealing with that and trying to get his shoulder surgery done and all that but they actually came through and replaced my tools that were broken and replaced my bike that was in there i had a carbon fiber bike that was in my van and they actually uh replaced it so i mean they had depreciation so i didn't get what i paid for but i got pretty close so i'm okay with putting the money with it to get myself another carbon fiber road bike to make it just wonderful rainbows and unicorns and hiccups you know um Oh fuck! <laughs> so, with the with the leak of the RV, when I'm talking to the new guy about it, and I was like, you know, what is your, what do you think the solution should be? He was like, well, I'm just gonna now, mind you, this is probably one of the worst birthday beads I've ever seen. It's missing the pinch on a couple spots, and he he actually sat it and had to move it so much that it kind of did this smear effect on the glass and the pinch weld, and we've all seen that. <laughs> It is leaking, and he said he's going to get in there, he's going to trim it back, he's going to activate it, prime it, and then seal it in that spot. Then he's going to talk to the customer, and everything will be okay. And I was like, motherfucker, are you going to give them a shower cap with it so they don't have in a fucking brain poncho? So that way when they're raining and driving, it's not going to, they get wet, they're going to be okay with it? What in the fuck kind of solution is that? Just fucking own up and redo the shit, man. If it's not the way it needs to be done, just fucking redo it. Don't fucking put a band-aid on a fucking uh, compound fracture. I mean, come on, bro. Like, seriously? <laughs> it's like, man, give them fucking some soap and a fucking scrub brush for their back to fucking rinse off when it's raining. I mean, come on, bro. I don't know. Uh, they had one that he didn't get done yesterday. He was almost done with it. And, you know, 545 hit. And we were all just ready to go home. And the customer called. And, you know, because we closed at 5. The customer called and said they weren't coming anyway. So he pulled it outside and looked at it this morning. And it it needed so much cleanup. I was like, dude, you need to get on this thing, like, stat. And get this thing ready to go. So I don't know that he's so much wants to learn because i think he has the mechanical ability we've talked about that but it's also his attitude you know like he already knows it before you tell him and then he doesn't really want to listen like him and i got in a screaming match not really a screaming match he yelled at me and then i kind of you know, fronted up on him, just standing about two inches from his nose, kind of just asking calmly, what are you going to do about it? Obviously, it didn't escalate past that uh, because, A, we were at the workplace, and B, he probably would have kicked my ass all the way up one side of the shop and down the other, but, eh, whatever. I digress from that, but um, he 
So I told him, I said, you're going to work in this area of the shop today. And once the your car comes in, go ahead and get set up over there. But once your car comes in, work in this other bay. I'm going to work in this bay because this is my normal bay to work in. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. So I get in my van and I pull around the building, start unloading my tools. And he literally looked me in the eyes and was like, okay, okay, okay. And then I come in and he already has a car in my spot. And starting to work on it. And I'm like, dude, do you not listen? Like, and he started screaming at me about how he listens and how he's so much like smarter than me. And I need to, I was like, dude, I clearly told you, you need to be working over there. And he's like, well, I didn't think you meant now. And I'm like, when, like at the end of the night, like when work's done, I told you you need to work in that bay. What, how's this even an issue, bro? Like, and Thompson, the other, my other coworker standing there just laughing and like, Finally, he got, you know, he moved and everything, but it was, it was just one of those nonsense things that like, really, but I'm trying to get him to understand that like attitude is more, impo- more important than aptitude because you have a little bit of mechanical ability and you can do a little bit of glass. If your attitude's bad and you're not willing to learn, like it's really hard to teach that. It's really hard to teach someone how to learn. It's that, that was a very terrible, terrible way to put it. It's hard to teach someone to have the attitude of acceptance of information. Because if you can't accept information, new information, and you're stuck on that, I know what I'm doing, but you're having issues, then it's obvious you need to open your mind with a positive outlook on it and be like, yep, I got to learn that. Okay, so how can I fix it? If you're not willing to step up, own up to your mistake, and then ask somebody, how do I fix it? I think that's the wrong attitude and you'll never have your aptitude or your abilities of mechanical comprehension will never overcome that. It just won't no matter which job you're performing or how you're performing. So yeah, there's that. Uh, okay. So I'm going to preface this with, This story is for sheer entertainment purposes. I am a very open-minded person and I do not... I like comedy, but I'm not as politically correct as I probably should be. And I hope that this story doesn't like take the turn of everybody getting, you know, upset with me, but... We have this section of our town that we drive up and down, and it's got a lot of homeless people in it and stuff. And we were doing a car down there one day. My coworker knew what we was getting into. He had been there before. He had known it. Knew it. Goddamn. He didn't tell me, and he, because he just wanted to see my reaction i got two funny stories so this this bear with me my reaction so we pull up there and i can't see the guy behind the bridge we talk to the customer we're getting ready to do the job the customer you know lives in the area knows what's going on he's just kind of like hey guys you know so <laughs> james is just like standing back there and i go to get out to uh start taking a cow part and this dude jumps up 
and he goes, hi, I'm Randy. And I was like, oh my fucking, what the, like, it startled me. I started chuckling and I like, was like, and I was like, and, you know, he does it to everybody. So I'm assuming he has some kind of mental illness. And I didn't know that Thompson knew it. And he's just sitting there like chuckling. And I don't want to laugh at the guy. He just scared the crap out of me. I was like, hey, Randy, how's it going? Like, I'm working because you. So he obviously he didn't leave us alone. He stood right there. So I go inside because at this point, I'm like kind of like giving Thompson the side. I'm like, well, what the fuck? You didn't tell me. Like, why did you warn me? Like, I'm literally having a heart attack over here. So like <laughs> I go inside to take the mirror off. So I kind of try to get away from Randy and Thompson goes and he's taking the wipers off. And he pushes down on the wiper. It's a gray caravan. He pushes down the wiper and it snaps the wiper arm assembly. Not the arm, but the uh, the wiper motor assembly. And Randy jumps up in front of the customer and goes, He broke the wiper! <laughs> and he's like screaming it. Like, <laughs> and Thompson's face turns so bright because he's embarrassed. And I come out of the car like, What? What did you do? You know? So we obviously, you know, the customer's sitting there. So they're like, yeah, yeah. And we're like, okay. So Thompson's like, hey, run over to Advance. See if they got this transmission. I'm going to finish doing this job. So he, you know, is doing the job. I get back in time to help him set. And then we put the wiper transmission on. Then we go on about our business. Oh, my God. I get in the van. And I was like, so you knew about Randy, huh? And he just starts laughing. I was like, you, you just – you just left me, dude. You just, you didn't even say nothing. You just left me. He's like, dude, I was hoping it would be that. And it was, he's like, oh my God, the look on your face. He's like, you were six ways as scared and trying not to laugh because, you know, it was clear. I mean, the guy's homeless. He has a drug issue, it looked like, but he also, you know, he, it's sad with those people because, you know, they got there because of more times than not because of a mental illness and because of just, they've just ran out of luck. You know, and so you feel bad and you don't want to, you know, say anything. Well, my coworker is an amazing person and I will not go to uh, go into what the van confessionals are when the two of us are in here. I've already alluded to it on other episodes, but we went, and like I said, very open minded person to a customer's house out in a little lake community vacation community out here. And it was two lovely females. They lived together, and I believe they were married. And they're standing there talking to us. And James is on the driver's side, and I'm on the passenger side. And some other ladies come walking down, and they said, Hey, ladies, I got, uh, I sent you a text last night. Did you get it? And the two females started walking towards the other ladies. They're like, No, what's it about? And my fucking coworker, just loud enough for me to hear, because he knows I have trouble not laughing out loud, said, oh, it's about the fish fry. They're having red snapper and a scissor fight. Oh, my gosh. I lost it and then had to stop. They turned around and kind of looked at me, and I was just like, eh, this dude's clowning. It's clear that they didn't hear him, but the rest of the job, I was buttoned up, and I was just angry at him because... <laughs> He, he fucking flew me like a kite, brother. He was like, oh, it's windy. I'm just going to let Chapman fly up there by himself. And he said it just loud enough for me to hear it. And, oh, dude, like, whew. Whew. Talk about a barn burner, bro. Like, he, he just, 
he's like, yo, you gonna walk across them cools here? Let me take your feet. Let me take your shoes from you. It's just, he does, I, he's, he's literally one of my favorite people in the world next, it's just like, but he does that stuff to me, man, he just, he sets me up to laugh at inappropriate times, like, like, he'll stand back and make fun of our, of our, uh, co-workers, and where they can't see him, but I can, while I'm talking to him, so, to try to get me to laugh while I'm talking to him, so that they think I'm a weird guy, hell, they already think I'm a weird guy. So this was just a little, you know, 28 minute, I'm going to end up being 30 minute, uh, no introduction, no nothing, just my little van confessional since I told you guys I put one out and I didn't have time to make connection with my surprise guest, but I'm going to try for Monday. If not, I will have Michael McCarthy on at some point and I've got some, like I said, juggernauts in our industry coming on to talk about some stuff. Uh, if you guys like the show, share it. Um ideas questions anything you want me to ask just hit me up on facebook or you've got my phone number text me um leave it in the like comments on the show uh dm me like i said on facebook you don't come sliding into my dms just like drop me like hey what's up dude um but uh i really do want to thank like you know everybody for listening because that means a lot because I didn't think anything like this would go, and I wanted to be a podcaster for a while. I just didn't know what to talk about, and just ends up that I talk about something I love and am passionate about. I got to thank Sika Products for everything they've done. There's going to be some more stuff coming out with me and Raul here in the future that should be kind of cool. I don't know, but uh, Sika Ultimate is what I use on my daily. It's a great glue. You should try it out. And if you try it out and you like it, well, good. There's not much I can say other than that. But if you try it out and you don't like it, there's other products out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a guy at work that says that all the time. He says, you know what I'm saying? So, And he's kind of got like a deep uh, cookie monster voice. So that's what I do every time he's in the room. I go, ah, you know what I'm saying? And... Uh, so, and it has become like a little weird tick for me to where I say it without realizing I say it now. Kind of like when, the way I say so or like or um. For me, it's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Just because it's how he says it. And so I apologize if I say it too much. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I want to wish Gary Hart a speedy recovery. Um, he, Everybody who's part of our industry has probably seen his following and all of his uh, things that he's been going through for health. Uh, wish him a great recovery and a strong recovery. And dude's a fighter, so there will be no issues there. Um, Got to give it to my boy Bradley. His new uh, website for Glass Monkey in Tennessee is amazing. Um all my close friends, uh, WRD Kurt Drift, Drift Chris, for all your uh, needs and everything. Autoglass University, Autoglass Institute, the Equalizer Autoglass Academy, the uh, consulting firms with Drift and uh, Jeff and, you know, Bob Brannick's consulting gig. Uh, get your education on, uh, get a hold of your rep, your urethane rep, have them come out and train you. Uh, and just also, you know, 
treat each other great because even if you're frustrated with somebody, they're still just a human being and they deserve love. So, peace.